0: I'm not winning money from the good players you're winning from the people who make mistakes so we need a lot of players who make mistakes
1: This is The Upper Hand a podcast series by IMC I'm Tim Polaszek and in this podcast I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master your favourite game From poker to Valorant and crypto to ultra running. You will find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. Jack Vice President of the World Series of Poker. And hello everyone. Welcome to the World Series of Poker main event final table. Tonight we will begin with one hour, 20 minutes remaining in level number 36. Henry Park will have the button. The levels are 400,800. In this episode, we're going to take a look at poker. Poker is a card game that can be played face-to-face as well as online. In poker, there is usually money to be made, which makes it very interesting for card game enthusiasts worldwide. Poker is very popular and there are many professional players and multi-million dollar tournaments all over the world. To get a better understanding of the best poker strategies, I invite Roy Godshalk to the studio. Roy runs the poker website pokerand.nl. He organises recreational tournaments throughout the Netherlands, and he travels the world with his own team. And with success, he's won prize money up to €15,000 at a time. Roy is going to tell me what his winning strategy is. Hi, Roy. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. You've
0: just come back from a big trip in the US. Where were you? Yeah, I just got back from Las Vegas yesterday morning, actually, and um, doing the full zombie mode with the jet lag. And uh, But I cannot complain, it was amazing once again. Las Vegas is a really amazing city for poker players and for people who like gambling, so I cannot go there enough. So it's really, But it's good to be back as well.
1: And how much were you playing? How many days? How many hours?
0: Uh, we were there for nine nights, so a total of ten days, and we played poker every day. Uh, but not the entire day. There is so much stuff to do there. And I'm also, I was also doing blogs for uh, for the website. Uh, but I think we played like an average or six, seven hours a day. For tournaments and cash games. Yeah, and successful? Um, yes, yeah, so I ended up with profit, but not the amount I hoped for. But that was because the last days, they were pretty brutal to me. They got me. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, I ran pretty bad in some situations where I was the favorite, highly favorite. and, and they And they got me, that made me lost, losing a lot of money. <laughs>
1: Okay, maybe we can delve into some of that uh, <laughs> strategy later. So I'd like to know a little bit more about how you first actually got into poker.
0: Um, 2005, there was like a big poker boom in the United States where an American poker player, mm-hmm. he qualified himself for the World Series of Poker main event for like $50 and it's like a $10,000 uh, tournament and he won it. So he was, he was like the first amateur who beat all the pros and became world champion. His name is Chris Moneymaker. I'm not even sure <laughs> if his last name, if, if, if it's like his real last name, but in America it's probably not. Um, he probably made it up, but he he like created a poker boom where anyone started playing because everyone thought like, oh, I'm an amateur, but I can become the next world champion. Um, that started in the United States, but a few days, years later, it was also getting very big in Europe. Um, and that was also the time poker was getting more on television. I think that was the point that on high school, we started playing poker with friends, uh, with friends as well. Um, so when I was asked to run the poker Poker.nl project, I was already playing with friends and had some knowledge of the game. So that's why I said, yes, let's go for it. A part of the poker in project was the poker team, and that was because of we were hosting tournaments, but we couldn't give people prize money. So um, we came up with the idea that the winner of the of the final would get a spot in our team. Um, and because I was running the project, um, the owner gave me a chance to play in the team as well. So that was probably the point where I switched from like only writing poker news and playing with friends to playing really tournaments because. I had to guide the people in the team and help them with the hotel, with the travel. So I was always there. So I was not only there to um, write about their success or their failures or whatever, but also to play myself. And that's, so I played a lot in these years and that gave me a lot of experience as well. So that was a good thing.
1: And so how important is playing tournaments in improving your game?
0: It's very important to get more comfortable. I remember the first time I played a tournament, I think it was in 2016. I went with my girlfriend and some colleagues to Namur in Belgium and I sat there at the table and I was like, okay, there are people here with sunglasses, with hoodies, with scarves, like covering everything. And I was like, okay, there must be very good. So I probably made a lot of mistakes. I misplayed a lot of hands. I acted out of turn. I probably didn't know the rules very good back then. Um, so just playing a lot, doesn't really make you better but it makes you more comfortable at the table but after that you're going to actually learn poker and practice it because you just need a lot of theoretical aspects about the game and knowledge to get better so you need good fundamentals and if you do that and you combine that with playing a lot it's just like driving a car you cannot just go to go in a car and drive and of course you get better but it takes a lot of time and your progression is really marginal so you really need like a poker study or poker friends to actually get better in the game.
1: Okay, so you just mentioned fundamentals.
0: Yeah. What does that look like? Like, for example, pre frop st- strategy. Which hands are you going to play? If, if your fundamentals are not good and you play the wrong hands, you end up later in the game with like very weak hands and you're going to lose a lot of chips and money. So you really have to know which hands you have to play. So that's like the start. And if, if your fundamentals not good, like your pre frop hand selection, you're never going to win any money with poker. Now Maybe on the short, short term you can, but you will not be a winning player.
1: Right. Okay. So it'll be more sporadic. And how do you learn about which hands you should and shouldn't be playing in specific situations?
0: So there are a lot of professional poker players um, who make a lot of money playing poker, but they need other revenue streams. So they created poker trading websites. So there are some famous American players who all made their own website with their own coaches and there's probably poker, poker friends of them and um, they made courses with free content on YouTube as well but they also have like paid subscriptions and for some you have to pay like just one amount of money or for others you have to pay every month and then you get access to content and th- that really helps you to improve. So they're giving classes and things like that? Yeah and it's just like you have a class with videos And then just to say, like, you have to do this, you have to do that. And it's from pre-flop, post-flop, like every aspect of the game. And that's really important to get better. There's no, there's not really a way to become a winning poker player without actually studying. It's like 70% playing, 30% study. That would be like a good balance, but you really need those study hours to, to get better. Otherwise, you don't have a chance to become a winning player.
1: You mentioned some ways of getting better by analysing your game, um, by looking at the theory
0: as well. Are there any tools or strategies that you can use? You have the books, you have the training websites, but there are also some software tools now which are very good. Um, and they really help you to become a better player. And the one which I use a lot is called GTO Wizard. So you can just open the tool and see like any board structure and the program will tell you how to play optimally. So, that's, so with board that's, structure, you mean how many players? Yeah, or? but the, the flop, the turn, the river, like the cards. You can just you okay. can just type any card you want and the program will tell you how you should have played it. But it, will, it also tells you how much you should bet and what your opponent is going to do when you bet this. And that's, that's just amazing. But it also has a feature where you can test your own skills against a computer. And it has another feature where you can import the poker hands you played online and the program will tell you what you did wrong, what you did good and how you can gain more EV-like value. How you should have played better. Um, and they have like a free version but there's also a paid version and like a a premium version um, which is kind of expensive but a lot of professional poker players and a lot of streamers these days they're all using gto wizard so it's really it's really easy to use and it's becoming dangerous goods ah really so a lot of people who are like starting are using it already and and they get really better using it okay and it's something that you can use while you're playing no no that's not allowed no no that would that would have been like uh, real-time assistance rta and, and and it's you get banned by the poker website if you do that but it's very hard uh, for those websites to check it because you could potentially use it on another device and yeah. so that's that's a getting a big problem for online poker
1: yeah being able to trust what other people are doing yeah so the your mental um, health and capacity must play a huge role in these kinds of tournaments as well like how do you manage that
0: uh, those days are very long especially in the live tournaments sometimes you have to play like 14 15 hours so yeah, you gotta be fit. You have to. Uh, I drink a lot of water, and you just have to to stay focused because poker is really a game of um, missing information. So when you start, everyone is just sitting there. And you don't know how good they are. Sometimes you know some people, but every showdown you get more information about the player. So every player gets like his own file in your head. So you see people making mistakes. You see people open a certain hands. You say, oh they should have played that this way. You should have done that. But not everyone thinks the same. So you have to. Like make your own strategy against every player in every situation. So that takes a lot of energy, of course. Do you have ways of
1: learning and keeping in your mind how certain players play and, and, and being able to react to that?
0: Well, sometimes I just make a file on my, on my mobile, seat one, seat two, seat three, etc. And I, I just missing C-bet just, or I write some stuff down because it's really hard to remember everything. Um, but of course, people bust out, you get new players at your table and seats change, tables break. You get a new table, so then you have to start it all over again. Uh, but when you go out there all the time, you you play the same players sometimes, so you already know you have some institutional history with them, and you take that into account when you play them again. So it's a lot of information you have to process.
1: And what's the what's the balance between focusing on those other players and learning how they play and focusing on your own game and, and optimizing that?
0: Yeah, optimizing your own game is mostly stuff you do after the tournaments, analyzing hands with with players who are probably a little better po- players from your own poker group um, because you want to learn from them. But it's, it's kind of hard because in those, especially in those live tournaments, you play against a lot of players who are not that good. So they just do something. They just random click buttons. And it's very hard to defend yourself against them. So sometimes they, they do stuff and you think, yeah, how can they do that? But you have to move on uh, because you have to play against a lot of good players as well. So yeah, it's hard to get the perfect strategy against those players.
1: And so you, you travel a lot with, with poker. Um, can you say anything about different parts of the world, different nationalities, or some more risk averse?
0: Americans, they are way more conservative. I can almost write a book about how Americans play poker and how you should play against Americans. Yeah, because they, they cannot play online. Uh, there are only two states, I believe, in America where you can play online poker. So they, they cannot play a lot of hands. I can play a thousand hands an hour online, but they cannot do that. And we in, in Europe, we do that and we also can play online. So we, we have way more experience. So I think they miss a lot of value because they're always afraid someone has a better hand. While in Europe, players um, are more aggressive. But still, if they get access in the future, of course, to online poker, they can easily catch up. And, and because they, like this, they don't have a problem with studying, but it's just hard for them to play money hands. Because when you go to live tournaments, how many live tournaments you can play in a year? Maybe 200? That's already a lot. Online, you can play 200 tournaments in a week. So that's why Europeans have way more experience and they really use their study to get better online and play a lot of hands. So that's why the level is probably higher there.
1: In your experience, what's the difference between online playing and face-to-face playing? Yeah, for
0: me, those two are like two different worlds. Uh, live poker, it's really hard to make a living out of it because you have to travel, so you have to pay for your flight, you have to, play for your, to pay for your hotel, so you have to make that up somewhere. So you have to win a lot of money to cover those costs as well. When you're online, you're just sitting at your room, you have to pay the rent, so it's, you have less costs and expenses. So it's easier for them to make their money online. Uh, but for the people who are not that good, it's way harder because those uh, professional players, they use software and tracking software and, and stuff like that. So it's really hard for the people who are like recreationals to beat those players online. Um, so I think life is more of a, of a social thing and um, online is, is more for the people who really have to make a living out of it.
1: Okay, so if you're just starting out, you might want to start with face-to-face then?
0: Yeah, because it's also a, g- a good thing to learn, uh, to, to learn a lot about the game, like the rules and the uh, tactics. Um, um, online, it's yeah, you're probably going to lose your money if you didn't study a lot. Yeah. Because you can, play, you can play so many hands an hour, so you have to make so many decisions. Um, while live, you play maybe 25 hands an hour, and online, you can play 1,000 hands an hour. So that's like a big difference. So the chance you're going to lose your money online is way bigger. And faster. And faster.
1: I've got... One more question for you before we get into a practical game, which I'm really looking forward to. When you're at the end of a of a hand and the tension levels are getting really high, and you're near the end of a tournament, maybe how do you manage that nerve, that stress, that emotion?
0: Yeah, it's different. Like in 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 the Kings Resort in Prague or in in Rostov, there's like a stream table uh, where the people at home can see your hands. So that's really funny because they can actually see you play and especially when you're in a big poker community, everyone can like criticism your game and you're, especially beforehand you're thinking about, oh, they can see it. But when you're actually down there, you only see the cameras, you don't see all the people watching those live streams. Um, so you're just really playing your game and you, you, know, you know what to do. You have to play your ranges, you just have to, yeah, sometimes you have to you deviate from the perfect strategy to exploit your opponents and you're not really thinking about the people watching home. You cannot see those eyes and see what they say in the chat. So you're just doing your thing. And um, of course, before you come up with a plan, and, and you just have to follow that plan. And if you do that well, there's n- not much of a problem. I and mean, in other tournaments without a live stream, it's, 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 there's no problem, problem either because um, you just do your thing. we are pretty experienced. Um, because we played so much, so um, no, that's that's all good. But yeah, of course, it's about a lot of money, especially in the end of the tournament, because if you pay 200 euros and you bust out, okay, you're, you lost 200. But at the final table, um, some decisions are about so much money. Roy, let's get stuck into a game. We can, sure. Sounds good.
1: Before Roy and I are going to play a round of poker, let's first take a look at some theory. Game theory, to be exact. Game theory is a study of mathematical models of strategic interaction conceived by mathematician John Nash. In poker, game theory optimal is a popular strategy and it means that you try to play a perfect mathematical strategy which makes your game 100% unexploitable by your opponents. This style of poker is the exact opposite of the exploitative poker strategy, which most players from the older generations employ. While exploitative strategy seeks to find holes in other players' games and use them, GTO poker strategy seeks perfect balance, protecting the player from anyone else exploiting them and gradually creating profit based on imperfect plays by other players. For example, When the player is faced with the decision of check, call, bet or fold at the start of every hand, there are different hand combinations which each have an associated win percentage. When following GTO, players will know the range of hand combinations that have a high enough win percentage to choose to call or raise with. With any hand combinations not in that range, they'll fold. When playing GTO, You're focused on your hand and the associated percentages and you will not care about what your opponent has in their hands. You constantly ask yourself how you can get as much expected value as possible in every situation at the poker table. With GTO, you can make sure that you become a profitable poker player. After all this talk about poker, I'm excited to figure out my own strategy. Roy brought a poker set and offers to play around to help me better my skills.
0: So with uh, poker you have like two mandatory bets. They're called the small and the big blind. And next to the big blind you have the dealer. The dealer actually has the best position because post flop he decides the loss. So he has the most information. Um, So if the small blind is one, uh, for example, uh, the big blind is two, um, then all the players get their cards. And then the player next to the big blind is first to act. So um, he can um, call the big blind or he can throw his hands away or he can raise. Mm-hmm. If he wants to raise, he has to double the big blind. Okay. Um, then the other players act. So um, I can just deal some cards. When you deal, you always start with the small blind. So I can just deal the small blind, the big blind, so the other players at the table who are not there, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So then I give you your second card and I give myself the second card. So we've got three imaginary players here. Yeah, they're all gone, even the button. Yeah. He's very afraid for the players in the blinds. Now you can check your cards and I can check mine. So now you can decide what to do. The small blind is 100 and the big blind is 200, so you can either call the 100, you can uh, throw your hands, uh, your hands away, or you can raise to a minimum of 400. Um... But especially with headshot poker, you should probably play any hand. Yeah. Um, because there's already, um, you have my 200, you have already 100 invested in the Otherwise pot. You're just so you have it away. to pay 100 to win 400. So that's pretty good odds. So your hand can't really be that bad that you have to fold it. Okay. So you can just do whatever you have seen your cards, so you can do whatever you want. It's all good for. A, so you can just call, yeah, fine. Yeah, call it. Um, for this example, I can just check. Then the chips go to the middle. Then the dealer starts with a burn card. And the burn card is basically for if, if there's like a mistake at the table, it's like a buffer. Mm-hmm. So there's like a burn card and then we put out the flop. Without the burn card, if there's like a mistake and the dealer already uh, does the flop, it's too late to, to fix the mistake. So like we always have a, burn, have a burn card. Okay. Then you get the first three cards. Um, and uh, now you are first to act because you are the small blinds. So you can you can check. And then it's up to me or you can bet. And you can even fold your cards, but that's really out of the order because I didn't do anything, so you can, just, anything, yeah. you can okay. just pass it over to me. So I, I, can, I can go for a bet already? Yes. So now you should bet at least the big blind, which is 200. 200. So okay. you bet 200, now it's up to me. So I can see my cards, um, and well, I'm not really unhappy with this, so I pay 200 as well. Yeah. So the chips go in the pot. Now we have another burn card, and now I deal the turn. So you called it? Yes, which is another king. So we have now king, jack, ace, king with uh, a club, a spade and two hearts. And now it's up to you again. I'll check. You check. Um, I check as well. So now without being extra money in the pot, I do the burn card and there's another card. It's The ten of diamonds. So now it's the last time for you to act first and you can say whatever you want to do. You can bet or check. I'll go for a bet. You go for a bet. Yeah. So you bet 200, now it's up to me. Um, I can, of course, fold my cards. I can just call your 200 or I can raise. Um, for this instance, I really like what I have. So I'm going for a raise to 500. So you would have to pay another 300 to uh, go to showdown with me. Okay, and are you just saying you like what you have?
1: Or yes. do you actually like what you have?
0: Uh, no, I'm lying. <laughs> because I, not, I cannot even tell the truth. Uh, it's exactly not allowed. Right. All right, I'll call you. And then we can see. Yes. Um, so I have a queen. So I have the ace, the jack, um, the king and the queen and the 10. So I have a straight. You have a straight. Yes. So it's probably good enough. And you have the 10, 9. Um, so you have 9, 10, uh, but you don't have a queen. So no, the, yes, you only, so have, a, so you only have, pairs, have a pair. Kings uh, yes. and
1: 10s. Yeah. I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> so what should, did I make any bad decisions there?
0: Um, I wouldn't bet the river probably. Yeah. Because there are so many overcards, and you only have like you have like okay, you have two pair, but the kings are on the board, so you actually only have one pair mm-hmm. uh, with the nine. Um, but uh, so I shouldn't have gone for the two hundred on, no, on the last round. No, and then I bet, and you probably have to fold. Yeah, I shouldn't. But heads up fold. a pair is pretty good. But still, it's very hard to get a value out of this hand because I probably only call you with a better hand.
1: Okay, great. I think I've learned loads already (laughs) in this, and I'm going to give it a go the next time I play some poker. Very good.
0: Sure, no problem.
1: According to Roy, it's important to learn on the job, surround yourself with players that are slightly better than you, and take advantage of that. Then, online poker and the many poker tools available can also support your learning curve. With these tips in mind, you can try to become the next poker
0: champion.